This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Yes, thank you very much. Do you know, it's funny, I was walking to church this morning, and do you know you get mornings where you take a service, oh, I sat in front of the line, you, <laughs> you take a service or you preach, and you feel as if God today is the day. If you don't take a service, you won't know what that feels like. But seriously, I believe today, I've got a terrific message for the church. Yes. And I'm preaching to myself. So today, it'll be we and not you. There'll be no pointing going on. It'll be all about us. It's all about we. Because we're in the building. You're not in the building. We're in the building. Okay? So please don't think, he's going to go at me. Because I'm not. I'm not going to go at we. And I'm going to go at myself. Not that I'm going to have a go. So don't panic. And I don't think, oh, it's going to go at me. But today I'm going to speak on something which we all are so preoccupied with. Time. Okay. Time. Isn't time a strange thing? Do you find time strange? It's the sort of thing you don't think about. It's the sort of thing we don't even actually focus on until something goes very right or something goes very wrong. Have you noticed? It's something we just stroll along through life as if it's, it's just happening all around us. And then suddenly, bang, something happens. And we focus and we zoom in on time. Now, I'm going to be trying to be quick today because I'm going to challenge us at the end of the service. I'm going to make an appeal. So please be aware of that. Because I believe that God's got something to say to people in this house today. Otherwise, you know what? We might as well watch a video and I'll sit down. I believe God's given me something to say to you. And God's given me something to say to myself. And we hear it all the time, don't we? Doesn't time fly? How many people say that all the time? It's things like, doesn't time fly? Where has this year gone? That's when we hear it all the time, especially Christmas. I can't believe that was five years ago. I can't believe that was ten years ago. I remember it as if it was yesterday. That's the classic one, isn't it? If only I could take that time back again. Yeah? And when I say all the time, I wish I was 21 again. Because trust me, I can't believe I'm 52 and a half. It's, this is how scary it is. I remember going for the job interview when I got this job. The job I currently have now. I remember, if you ask me, if I didn't actually know, how long ago do you think that feels? It feels about 8 to 10 years ago. That's how it feels to me. It was 20 and a half years ago. And I remember it vividly, and I was with a guy who interviewed me about two months ago, and he said how much he regrets this day giving me the job. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Uh, well, he hope he doesn't anyway. Um, not in my face. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And only la- in the last week, in the last month, and this is how really scary it is, and you're going to have to, uh, I apologize in advance for sounding really old. Even this week, I'm talking to our retirement uh, guys in HR about potential retirement dates. I I'm 52. Where's my life gone? I'm talking about retiring. I'm talking about finishing work. Now, to you that might not seem bizarre because you might be 19 or 16 or, or 90. But to me that is just so weird that I'm talking about retiring. It's like, where has the time gone? But these are statements we make every single day. Why? Because we're preoccupied. We're creatures of time. We live in time. Time is part of what we're about. And it's our most precious resource time, isn't it? It's, it's perishable. It's irreplaceable. You can't buy it. 
You can't extend it. You can't put a price on it. You can't imagine it before you were here. You can't imagine it without you being here. It's precious, isn't it? It's priceless. I always say this, and I think we all probably think this. I can't think of a world without me in it. Can you? Can you imagine a world without you in it? You can't, can you? Because it's the only world you know is the world that you've had yourself in. Did you know every second, yeah, every second, two people die and four babies are born? Every second in our world, like that. Now, 360,000 babies will be born today, but sadly, 151,000 people will also die today. If ever you want to try, if your maths isn't very good, I think you can even work out that doesn't sound very good for our planet. <laughs> if twice as many people are on you, then they're leaving here. But this conveyor belt of time, which we do in work, we do a presentation I, I do all the time called the conveyor belt of time. And if we had time today, I would have got the, the airframe out and drawn it for you. And it just shows how people get on the conveyor belt at the beginning of their lives, and they trundle along, and then eventually at some point, that conveyor belt for them stops. But the biggest problem we all face, the biggest problem you and I face, we don't know when we're going to get off that conveyor belt. There was an app uh, last year, somebody shared it on Facebook, but you could find out when you're going to die. Do you see that? You could punch in all these things. They'll tell you, you're going to die on such and such a date. To, uh, I'm not punching anything into that. I didn't want to know when I'm going to die. But people are fascinated by it. They're fascinated by this whole concept of time. When does it start and when does it end? But it's something, you know, we can't ignore it. We can't abuse it. It just flies by. And there's nothing we can do about it. You cannot stop it. In your life, you can't stop it. There's nothing you can do about it. And what we need to do, people, is that we all need to focus in on time as live in the today. Because tomorrow might never come. The Bible says that tomorrow might never arrive. You think, that was so stupid. Of course it's going to arrive. For some people, tomorrow will not arrive. We've had tragedies this week. And we, it's an aeroplane crash in South America. Guy's going to play a, a, a football match. A final of the South American Cup. So it's like the Champions League. It's like Barcelona. One minute they're going to play a, a, a football match. The next minute, they're in eternity. And only you know, a couple of months ago, that same aeroplane was taking the Argentinian football team to the Copa America. And if they had gone down, it would be news until today. Lionel Messi, Sergio Aguero, and all the top players in the world play for Argentina. And if it had gone down there, it would have made even more headline news. Guy's going to play football. And suddenly, they're having to make, there's going to be phone calls to families, etc. It's scary, isn't it? You know, we pass on our commiserations of Sophie and to a grand, don't we? Yeah. She's lost a granddaughter this week. How terrible is that? And a little unborn baby. Eight months pregnant. One minute you're sat in the traffic. The next minute you're in eternity. At 27 years of age. I mean, it's awful, isn't it? But what it, what it shows us is that we cannot bargain with time. 
We cannot trade with it. It's there in front of us and it's there for us all to see. We have to use it effectively. So, we have a little quiz now. So we've got, um, we got four participants. Oh, we've already been asked. Well, we've got two part- three participants because one has done a run, I think, is she? Yes. Oh, she'll be back now. So put your hands together for Ian and Jenny and for Mike and soon-to-be-present Sharon. Thank you. Come in front, guys. So, right then. Yes, Jan, so yeah, yes it might only be just, you. It's just me and Jenny. And Mike and Sharon. So what we're going to do is... We're just going to show some pictures. And Sorry? Yeah, you stand there. You look good, mate. Looking fine. And so, oh, well, Mike, choose a, a, young, a young lady to join you. Choose care. I tell you what, we need, we need somebody of a certain age. So, Ruth, you'll do. <laughs> You're about Mike's age, aren't you? You're older than Mike, sorry. Are you? Same age, there we are. Oh, she's older. Okay. Right then. So what we're going to do, we're just going to put up some PowerPoint pictures. And I want you to guess the year. That's all you've got to do is just guess the year. So are you ready to rock and roll, Ellie? Okay, let's go. What year did Mike Tyson win the world heavyweight title? Okay, number two. What year did the second seven crossing open? It's been in the news, so you might better get that one. That's the second seven crossing, not the original, it's the second seven crossing. Can you always spin they all guessing as well? You can write it down if you want. Third, what year did they form the coalition government? Yeah. <laughs> Fourthly, what year did Toy Story come out? We got film buffs here, man, you so they probably get the actual year right. Okay, next one. What year did Princess Diana sadly pass away? Next up, what year was Home Alone released? We all watch that every year, don't we? It's as modern today as it was when it came out, isn't it? It's awesome. And lastly, what year was Saving Private Ryan released? One of the best quality year, Ian. Okay, let's go back to the start. Don't need to run back, Lee. Okay? First question What year did Mike Tyson first win the world heavyweight title? Mike? 1990. 1990. 85. 85. 1986. Yes. Oh. One point. Secondly, what, was this, uh, what year did the second seven crossing open? Jenny? 1989. 1989. 1996 is the right answer. Bang on. Thirdly, when did David Cameron and Nick Clegg form the coalition government? Jenny. 2010. 2010. 
2010. It was 2010. Well done. Okay, nextly. When was Toy Story released? Ruth? 2001. 2001? Oof. 1995, it was 1995. Yes. The excitement's tangible in the room. You can feel it, can you? Oh. What year did Princess Diana pass away? 1997. It was 1997, it was. Okay. Um, penultimate question. When was Home Alone released? Ruth? 1992. 1992. 96. 96. It was 1990. So all square. So this is the winner, isn't it? For all. Okay. When was Saving Private Ryan released? Jenny. 2002. Good answer. But not the right answer. Ruth? 2006. It was... 1998. The winners, put your hands together. The handsome couple, Ian and Jenny. Yes, well done, folks. Well done, Jenny. Well done. Well done. Can I pen back? Yes, of course. <laughs> Do you know, listen, that's a bit of fun, okay? But it surprised you how long ago some of those were. Mike Tyson, I remember when Mike Tyson came on the scene, he was so excited. There was this real blockbuster of a bloke who, if you like boxing and I don't know if Christians, are, is Christian leaders supposed to like boxing? I don't know. I love boxing anyway. Um, and when he came on the scene, it was so exciting because he was so explosive. Yeah, he was knocking everyone. Was, yeah, sorry, Lord. But he was. <laughs> it was brilliant, honestly. 30 years ago. 30 years. Home Alone. That was the one that got me. 26 years ago, Home Alone came out. I was, only, I was 26 then. How old are you? Well, some of you are thinking, oh, even you. <laughs> and Toy Story, 21 years ago. I remember taking the kids to the cinema. 21 years. And you reel that back and say, where has the time gone? So, we're going to show you some pictures now of some people. First one's easy, all right? Who is this? It's me with hair. <laughs> yes, it is. Next one up. Look at that. Whoa. Hey. In the years of Navratilova and Chrissy Everett and all those, you had Alison Watkins. And trust me, if you knew Alison's racket sport ability, that is just a setup because you can't play for Toffee. It's a true story. We were in a youth camp and in a badminton competition. And they couldn't start the game because neither of them could get the, the, the shuttlecock over to win, even to start a serve. <laughs> and they had to abandon the game. She was that bad. Next one up. Ah, uh, who's that? Ah, oh, it's Matthew, isn't it? It's little Matthew there, like all cute and, all cute and shabby. Who's next? And there she is, the birthday girl. Yeah, she was a cute baby. Looked like her dad. Next. Who is that? Who is that bit of a who's that bit of beef there? That is a bit of beefcake. I'll tell you one thing, he has changed. He was good looking. My word. Some don't know who it is. That's Ian. It's Ian Morgan. And I'll tell you one thing, he's got a bit of a smirk there. He actually did smile back then, Ian, didn't he? 
Right then, next one. Who's that then? Martin, Martin Paul Freeman. Hey! I gotta say, he was a trendsetter. I, you do ask the question, if Helen had met him back then, would they be married now? Would you fancy that, Helen? Yes. Oh, Not a chance. Okay. This is a tougher one. Who's this then? Mm. Now, remember, you can have black and white photographs taken today. Who do you think that is? Brenda? No. Sally? Yes, yeah, not Sally. Well, there's lots of different answers, can right? Is it Anne? No. It's Sally. You were really pretty, Sally, and you've not changed a bit. It's pretty as you were then. Where does the time go? And you were sitting there today as a teenager. You've got, or maybe a young adult with your family. You've got your children. And you know, those times... You're going to look down the track. I was looking at some old photographs this week. I always I love pulling out old photographs. Don't you? It's one of my favourite things to do. I'm looking through them all. And I got a lump in my throat and my heart's racing and tears in my eyes. I'm thinking, can I have those times back, please? Do you ever feel that? Can I have those times? I don't want my children to be adults. No offence, Matthew or Emily. <laughs> I want my kids to be kids. I want them back to be that small again where I can pick them up and play with them and do silly things with them. That's why I can't wait to have grandkids. No hints. <laughs> I'll be such a doting grandfather. I'll be pathetic. I will be. I want those days back. But I can't have them back. I just sit there for a second. I just think that through a minute. Think of times in the past you would love to have back. But sadly you can't have them back. We've all lost loved ones. What would we give for five minutes back sat on a bench? You know, what would you say? Who would you sit next to? We, we'd give everything, wouldn't we? I would. You'd give everything you had to buy five minutes back from your past. Sadly, other people, the first thing they want to do is forget their past. It's a, with respect, my past is, is, is horrendous. And I'm far happier than now because my past isn't worth remembering. And time, the value of time, is relative to the situation you find yourself in. How do you value a year? Ask a person who sat in a consultation room and told they've got less than 12 months to live. How do you value one month? Go to a special care baby unit down the road in Camarden and see those little ones in incubators who've come early. How do you value a week? And I know this from personal experience of speaking with somebody I know this week. Waiting for the results of, of MRI scans and CT scans to diagnose how bad you, you really are. A week seems like a year, doesn't it? How do you value an hour? 
It was the difference between escaping or dying at 9-11. I said, I don't know if I told you before, my boss was in 9-11, was in the towers. And half an hour, like 20 minutes and half an hour later, they wouldn't be here. How do you value a minute? Ask somebody who's, who's on a heart attack, who's waiting for that paramedic to arrive, where every minute counts. Or a child of Starbucks, where every minute counts. How do you value a second? Ask that guy who failed to qualify for the Olympic Games because he, he missed out by one hundredth of a second. So time, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's decades, if it's centuries, if it's days, if it's hours, if it's minutes, if it's milliseconds. It's relative to where you're at in your life, isn't it? All of it. Look at the contrast in a, a, pleasant, <laughs> a pleasant walk along the beach with a dog for an hour. Or lay back in a dentist chair for an hour. Isn't it? What a difference. It's the same hour. Time is the same, but it's relative to the situation you're in. And my challenge to us today is, what situation are you in where time is imposing itself on you in a way you don't want it to impose itself? Because time does, it's like, it's like a tug of war. On the one hand, is that there are people who are trying to drag time forward. The willing time ahead. Like people like me, willing to be 55 so I can take my pension. <laughs> people dragging time forward. And they got other people on the other side, they're holding time back. Because there's a pending doom or there's something happening in their life. Then I don't want that time down the track. I don't want next January to arrive. I don't want 12 months time to arrive, so I want to slow time right down in my life. Slow it right back. Others are they're rushing it. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah? You know, teenagers, you know, I want to be 17 so I can get behind the wheels of a car and have my freedom. You know, it's, it's, it's the reality. So it's relative to all of us. And James tells us, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, James 4 verse 14 says this, What is your life? He says, it's like a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. When we were children, we brought up in Mardi Road, in Matthew now lives, we'd often get up in the morning, my mother remembers, often get up in the morning and we'd look down towards the river because there weren't any houses or anything, or no, the trees weren't very high then. You could see the river, the River Ammon. And more often than not, you'd have a lovely mist, wouldn't it? Remember that? Oh, and it looked beautiful in the valley. So, because we were quite high, and the mist would be there. Next minute, it, it had gone. It had disappeared. And this is what James is saying. Your life is just like that. You think it's endless. You think it's going to go on forever. You think it might feel like it's going to go on forever. But it's not going to. It's like that. And we might be here this morning thinking, it doesn't apply to me because, you know, I've got a good 30, 40, 50, 60, however many years left in me. How do you know that? How do you know that? Ephesians 5 says this, Be careful how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Just take a quick, quick look at James here. Just get this context. James, he was a great Christian man. He was a brother of Jesus who wrote this book. And he was a, he was a church leader. He led a church in Jerusalem. And many people have, have, have called James, 
Similar to like the Proverbs of the, New, of the New Testament. It's an honest and it's a realistic book full of direct commands for living a holy and a well-balanced Christian life. And James goes through loads of practical breakdowns of how a Christian should live and endeavour to live out their daily lives and focuses very much on practical faith and action. And he doesn't make any excuses for those that don't measure up. You read the book of James. It's a great book to read. It'll take you half an hour. And more than any other book in the, in the New Testament, James places the spotlight on the necessity, the absolute necessity for a Christian's actions to directly reflect the faith they've got inside them. Absolutely directly. No hiding place. And if it, um, a lot of people have drawn the parallels between the book of James and the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is exhorting people how to live, reflecting what is good, what's positive, and necessary for us to, uh, to live out this Christian life without living it in a hypocritical sort of way. And when James says, what is your life? He's not doing it in a sarcastic way to say, what's your life? Mount's nothing. So what? It's just another person. It's just you. So what? No, not at all. In the context of what he's talking about, Christian living and sorting yourselves, he said, listen, what is your life? Because here he had a church that would go along as if life was going to last forever. That issues with people, that's all their obsession was making money and making more money. Building bigger barns, as, 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 as Scripture says. People just going through life as if nothing mattered. As if their Christian life was just something that was just there to be parked on a Sunday. Pick it up on a Sunday. Take it to church with you and park it at half past twelve on a Sunday. Pick it up maybe once in a week and then park it again. And then pick it up the following Sunday and park, park it again. And James was getting frustrated with these people. saying, no, 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 no. Not at all. If you claim to be a Christian, this is 24-7. This is 24-7. You have to live it out, breathe it out, de- de- demonstrate to those around you, you've got to show that you're a Christian. 24-7. And this is why his, his frustrations are coming out. He said, what is your life? It's like the mist that appears for a little while and vanishes. Stop procrastinating. Long word. Putting it off. Stop putting off the way you know you need to be. Stop putting off the way you know you need to think. Stop putting off the way you know you need to act. Today's the day because you might not have tomorrow. Your life is like a mist. It's like a vapor. I like the King James. What is your life? It's like a vapor that appears for a little while or appeareth for a little while and then vanishes. And my challenge to us this morning, and this is much to me because I'm as much to blame as anyone in this building and outside, the challenge to us is to redeem the time we have and to make sure that what we have in here is coming out, and coming out, and coming out. You know, we have a, a, a dying world out there that needs us. Yeah? I mean, do we get that sense of urgency? Do we get that sense? There's a world out there that needs you. Because you and me are the vehicle to get those people in. There's no plan B. You know, there's no great man from the sky going to come down and suddenly show himself and everyone will just become a Christian. There is no plan B. You are plan A. And I am plan A. And this is what James is saying. Don't wait. Stop waiting. Stop putting off. Sorting your life out. 
And that's the crux of this message. The last time I preached this message, it was very much hellfire, doom and gloom. You could die when you walk out of this building. You could get knocked down by a bus outside. And people, oh my gosh. I better become a Christian now then. <laughs> hey, if that works, hey. No worries at all. But James, the crux of his message isn't about that. The crux of his message is to the church. James is speaking to the church. He said, listen, the time for talking, it's over. The time for talking has to cease. And he's saying to the church, and this is 2,000 years ago, the time for action is now, it's today. You cannot wait any longer. You can't procrastinate any longer. And he's talking to individuals as well as the corporate church. He said, you need to resolve to sort your life out now. Because tomorrow might not come. Your opportunity to do that again and resolve to do it again might not arrive. And we know there are dozens and dozens of people, hundreds and thousands of people who every single day resolve to do something right. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it next week. Do it next month. And guess what? It doesn't arrive. And they've not done it. And they've not resolved it. And they go with regrets and fears, anxieties. And James said, I don't want that for you. For an empowered, Holy Ghost-filled, effective church, I need you to be the church dynamic now. Not say, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes on us, or when we get to this Mass or that Mass, and when we get more involved in this and more involved in that, then Lord will come and bless ourselves. No, he's saying, it needs to happen now. And the only way it's going to happen now is by you and me resolving, Lord, do it now. It's for you and me to resolve and say, Lord, I'm going to change today. I'm not going to wait till tomorrow because tomorrow might not arrive. I'm not taking the risk, Lord. I'm going to change now. And it's not nice to feel that way, is it? Let's be honest. Nobody likes to think, oh gosh, you know, me changing, that sounds like a big deal. That sounds quite harsh. But it is harsh, isn't it? Time is harsh. It doesn't allow you any favours. Does it? We've heard this week, people this week, time has done them, did them no favour whatsoever. No delay. No bargaining. Nothing. Snatched away from them. Cruelly. Nothing they could do about it. And James goes on to say, you need to remember your life is priceless. Your life is precious. Your life is special. Do you know that? Let's just take a moment to think how special we are this morning. All of you. You're special to somebody, aren't you? Yeah. You're precious to somebody. There's somebody in your life today that you are very special to. There's somebody in your life who's very special to you. Maybe a mother, father, grandma, granddad, grandson, granddaughter, husband, wife, child, whoever. There's somebody in your life today who is very, very special to you and to whom you are very, very special. And we take a moment to thank God for those people, don't we? Yeah? We take a moment to thank God for those special people in our lives. Lord, we just thank you this morning for those special people in our lives. And Lord, for those of us who are special to others, help us to continue to understand what that means and to live that life out properly in their eyes. In Jesus' name.
Amen. And what he's saying, I don't want you to just drift and amble along in life. I don't want you to just tick over. And the church, you know, has got a real responsibility on our hands. I say this as a church leader. Do you know there are people, and I heard somebody say this to me a couple of weeks ago, they're fed up of Christian rhetoric, aren't they? Fed up of us talking a good game all the time. They're fed up with it. You know what we see around us is great, isn't it? We've got, you know, we've got nice screens, we've got nice lights, and we've got a nice hall, and guys worked really hard here yesterday, and we've got a great facility we're building. You know what? That's great, isn't it? But it's not going to change your loved one's life. That's person who's special to you and to whom you're special. That's not going to affect them. What's going to affect them is what's going on in here with us. What's happening with me? Or what's happening with you? And the rhetoric that we can, we can preach to, we're blue in the face, people. I can preach to you all day if you want. In fact, I'm not going to. I, <laughs> I probably could preach all day. That's how sad I am. I could stand here and talk drivel all day, probably. I don't know about if, whether you could class that as preaching. But we're good at talking church, aren't we? We're good at singing church. We're good at discussing church. We're good at preaching church. We're good at teaching church. But James is saying, and that's great, and I love that. But you're going to start being the church now. And, these, and the, the danger is when we talk to churches, we don't talk to ourselves, do we? We talk to everyone else. You, have you noticed that? In a corporate environment, the biggest danger of preaching is everyone just assumes that, oh, I was preaching to somebody else. I'd say, I'm preaching to myself. So it starts here. So if nobody else in this room this morning gets anything from this, I am. And I'm cool with that. It works for me. Because I know the day for me talking has got to finish. My actions have got to back up what I've been saying. I've got to show my friends who I really care about my non-Christian friend, I've got to show them Jesus Christ. And not just talk to them about Jesus Christ. I've got to show them Jesus Christ. I've got to be Jesus to them. Not next week. Not next month. Not when I feel like it. Not when I get close to that person. No, today. And verse 17 here in James Chapter 4 says this. And here's the crux of it, I guess. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do, yet he doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Those are very sobering words. I'll read it again. If anyone then, Mark Watkins, number one, and anyone else, all of us in the room, so he's speaking to me, if anyone then, Mark, if you know the good you ought to do, Mark, and you don't do it, Mark, and guess what, Mark? It's a sin. <laughs> when you talk about time, you can make a nice fluffy message about time and just scare people and think, oh my gosh, I'm going to sort it out. But when I got onto verse 17, I realized the sober nature of this is that James is getting to the point, he says, there's only one way I can put this. 
And guess, guess what is our sin that we have an issue with as well? The issue we have with sin is quite simple. God hates sin. So work that one out. So if Mark, you're not living as you ought to live, you're not doing the good you know you ought to do, if you're not sorting your life out the way you need to sort it out, Mark, you're sinning, and that God you sing to every Sunday, and sing about every Sunday, lift your hands to, like I was in the front this morning, my voice is nearly gone, man. I've had a cough all week, so why I've shouting my head off singing, I don't know, but there we are. That's another story. It's good to worship God, isn't it? All that stuff out the front there, unless I'm doing what I should be doing, I'm sinning. And God hates it. So how do we feel about that? That's a question for you. How do you feel about that? And so, I'm going to close with this. I don't know if it's cue soft music time, is it? No. I like a bit of soft music. It makes me sound more authoritative. It gets you in the mood. Oh, hang on. We're going to have some soft music. The Holy Spirit's going to come now with soft music's coming, guys. <laughs> Your emotions will start fluttering now that soft music is on. I was only joking, man. <laughs> I, I didn't know if that was my cue or not. Uh, well, it can make me cue now. Listen, I wanted this morning's message to be really simple because it's something really simple I've been thinking about. And I'm quite a simple guy. I, I'm not complicated. My Christian life has never been complicated to me, quite frankly. It's been quite black and white. And that's why this morning's me- message, I wanted it to be really simple and really black and white, but quite challenging. <laughs> In a way that you and I can't get offended by. But in a way that will just bring stuff to the forefront of our minds. Sometimes the simple messages work, don't they? And so I apologise for you theologians who thought, well, theological hasn't really tested my grey cell matters. Sorry about that. But God's word is simple. And sometimes we need to get the simple messages from God's word. And guess what? Just apply them. So can I challenge you and challenge me this morning? I hope you've seen that I've been preaching to we, so I don't feel as if I point the finger because I'm speaking to myself because I know there are dozens of things I need to start doing and I keep thinking I'll do it and I don't do it. And I'm quite good at doing stuff, quite frankly. If I think of doing something, generally I do do it. But I know there's a whole list of things that I should be doing. And do you know what? I'm not doing them. And God said, Mark, I hate, it's a sin and I hate sin. What are you doing? So for some people in this room, including me, including me, and I'm, I'm standing, okay? I'm standing. So if nobody else stands, then pray for me. I want today to be one of the days where I turn around and say, you know what? Today is a day where it's going to happen for me today. When I say cue soft music, I wasn't expecting more burn music, but there you go. But it was quite a nice tune, whoever thought that was. Thank you, Anne. It's okay. So for that, you're going to have to stand now, man, so it makes my message look effective. Hey, you know what's good to have humour in church, isn't it? You know me, I'm not a serious guy. But at this point, I'm serious. 
I'm standing there and saying, Lord, you know, that this, all those things I've been talking about doing for years, you know what, today, today, and I was feeling this walking down this morning, today's the day I'm going to put a line in the sand. Why? I want my church to grow. Why do I want my church to grow? Because my church is growing, it means that the people come to know Jesus Christ. And I want my friends to come to know Jesus Christ, don't you? I want my family to come and know Jesus Christ, don't you? I want those people I care about to come and know Jesus Christ. I don't want them to care about me, those who care about me, to see that Jesus shining out in me for change. I'll be more like Jesus today than I was this morning. And I'm going to pray for myself even. Lord, just do something in my life today. Today, Lord, I am resolving. Today. That because I'm conscious of time, Lord, today I'm going to do something about, today's the day I'm going to change. Today's the day I'm going to live like James says. I'm going to live like I ought to live. I'm going to take that faith without works is dead scripture and ram it down my throat and in my brain. And I'm going to live out my faith. We're going to pray for those people. Which includes me. Time highlights things as well, doesn't it? We've highlighted a couple of tragedies this morning. I hope I haven't upset anyone doing that. But the time also brings to memory things that have gone on in our lives. And we think, you know what? I'm holding on to stuff from before. And time is not letting me leave it go. The memory of that is... is I can't let go of it. I'm being reminded of it all the time. Stuff I need to just check away. Stuff I need to resolve and get rid of. For such a time as this, today be the morning you say, Lord, I'm just letting go of that. Lord, I'm going to take that, whatever that is, and Lord, there we are, I'm handing it over to you this morning. Because I'm sick and tired of carrying it around with me. I'm fed up of carrying that bird, whatever it is, habit, I'm leaving it go. I'm going to be who I want to be in you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to be who I want to be today. I'm not going to be what other people want me to be. I'm not going to be what other people think I should be. I'm going to be what you want me to be. And then, if, if you're that person, as Ian spoke so succinctly the other week, we are the favour of God on us. And when we've got the favour of God on us, all things are possible, the Word of God says, isn't it? All things are possible. All things are possible for us corporately as a church. All things are possible for you. All things are possible for your family. Amen? Yes. All things are possible when we've got the fear of God on our lives. Why? And that person you've been praying for for years. That member of your family you think will never come. All things are possible when the fear of God is in your life. When you say, when you say Lord, I'm going to lay it on the altar for you today. Today's the day. You don't know. Tomorrow might be a magical day in somebody's life. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if your actions of today would result in tomorrow being an amazing day for somebody? How would that make you feel? Incredible. Today could be that day. As James says, your life, my life, it's like a vapor. Listen, don't think you're going to live forever because you're not. If there's one thing certain in life, unless the Lord comes... Unless the Lord comes, we'll all die in here, aren't we? And your life will be taken away like that. 
Use that sense of urgency to fuel that inner desire to say, Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Today is the day. I'm resolving. Today is the day. I'm going to live out the way I should live out. I'm going to live out what, the way that your word tells me. About. I'm going to be good today. I'm going to do good as of today. I'm going to be good to those around me as of today. I'm going to make changes in my life as of today. I'm resolving my head and my heart, Lord. I'll take this in the way I'm going to say it. Don't do it because the music's playing and it feels right to do. Do it because you mean it. What did we speak on recently? Don't be conformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a mindset. If you to change your mind, resolve in your head, today's the day I'm going to do something about it. Today. And I'm going to hand over to Pastor Phil because I'm going to hand over to Pastor Phil because I'm going to be stood up. Because when he prays for people, I'll be stood up for prayer. If I can stand, guys, we, hey, any of us can stand, eh? Can we? None of us are perfect, yeah? Don't put it off, guys. Don't think, you know what, maybe next Sunday or the Sunday before, next time I feel that fluffy feeling, then I'll resolve to do something about it. No, don't do that. Do it today. Because your actions today could create a super tomorrow for somebody. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.